You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The itch, Joe. You know, as sports fans, we all love March Madness, but it mm-hmm. starts really like sinking in for me I think this past weekend now that football a couple weeks gone away from it all that's on TV is like college basketball now conference tournaments are starting when does it start really like hitting you that March Madness is kind of here um now it's it's March this week and it's it's here yeah I mean I would say Wednesday when it gets to March 1 but but we're already there. We're already there. We've got a conference tournament starting today. We got a couple more starting tomorrow, I believe. So uh, yeah, I, I I would say right now. I did you notice though? I understand your excitement off uh, the exciting finishes and some good matchups over the weekend. My God, I was watching that Iowa game. I was just like, can this game just go forever? Uh, d- did the over hit at halftime or what? D- did they did they both crack a hundred? I, they did. They did. If you had under, if you had under two hundred three and a half, I think that was a bad beat for you. Other than that, though, I think yeah. you're good. That was so. That was uh, the, the the amount of scoring was just ridiculous, and it was one twelve one oh six. So you were not good. Oh, well, there you go. No, you were not good. You need you need it to be higher. I thought it was in like the hundred three to hundred two range, but my that I, I gotta admit, Joe, I had a Michigan State plus five and a half ticket. It's one of the worst beats I, I'll ever have. It was it was disgusting. I turned the game off. I thought it was over. I turned back and I see it's a three point oh. game with twenty seconds. I'm like, what happened? Ridiculous, dude. And. How do you lose a game? Michigan State shot 73% on threes, and they lost. That That is all time. I know a lot of people say that in the moment, that's worst beat of all. That's terrible. When your team shoots 73% and they score 106 points in college basketball, you've got to cover as a dog. You've got to cover that. It was unbelievable. And you go And if you go back and watch the comeback – it's not like Michigan State turned the ball over five times and they missed seven free throws. It was literally Michigan State would get two points, Iowa would get three points, and they just kept chipping away. I think they had no. Iowa had five threes in like the last 40 seconds of the game or so. It was, it was unbelievable. I, you're right. I don't know if we'll ever see anything like it again. It was incredible. Um, Michigan State, though, we were kind of talking about it with Kate. That, that's a team I do like. Tom Izzo, I mean, we know the drill. The dude makes a Final Four every, like, four or five years. He's got an experienced team. Walker, their point guard's a senior. Hogard, their two guard, he's a junior. They got this kid, Aikens, coming off the bench who's giving him good minutes. Joey Hauser is an upperclassman. He can shoot threes. So, Sparty is the one team I like, Joe O, out of the Mm. Big Ten. Iowa, you know the drill with them. They're all offense, no defense. You can fade them. They'll, they'll be bounced in the first round. You you are up by 10 with 40 seconds left. Up by 10? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I had to. No, you don't have to sell me. Uh, you don't have to sell me too much on Sparty. 
I mean, that is over the years of my uh, sports betting life. I've done that many times. You see, you see Izzo, yeah, with the struggles early, doesn't care. It's about getting better as as the season moves along. He understands that. Now, I will say though, lately they they had the nice start, but they haven't played that great. I mean, the results haven't been there. You're not going to ding them by getting swept by Purdue. That's fine. We're not going to ding them. It's probably one of those things where you just played them at the wrong time. But, you know, losing to Rutgers. Indiana, now that looks like a more quality win. I I mean, I guess the losses are not that bad. But um, I I don't know. I wonder, this week, will that matter at all? You go to Nebraska, then you're going to wrap over the weekend against Ohio State before we get to the conference tournament. But that's that's one of those teams. I like what Kate had to say about the Big Ten being – completely wide open because i i'd agreed with that and it sounded like she liked a lot of those teams that are in the middle to make some sort of a run yeah if you're looking at conference tournament futures of like who you want to bet when that big 10 price comes out on michigan state that's team i'm gonna eye i also am gonna like indiana i think because we were talking about that at the start of the show just feels like that big 10 team that's gonna get hot win the big 10 Everybody's going to watch that Big Ten championship game on CBS right before Selection mm-hmm. Sunday. They're probably going to be this year's Iowa. So that's a, probably another team I'm looking at. But it's interesting about the Big Ten, though, this year, Joe, because the league's been so loaded. They've had nine, ten teams in the last couple of years, and they just haven't done well in March Madness. And now there's all these teams that people are looking forward to fading and it almost makes you wonder, like, is this maybe the year that the Big Ten actually does good? Maybe they have five teams into the Sweet 16. Maybe they get three teams into the Elite Eight this year. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's how these things tend to go in, in March Madness. When people are down on a league, that league tends to do pretty well. Everybody was down on the ACC last year. People like, the ACC stinks. Then you look up, Carolina, Duke in the Final Four, Miami in the Elite Eight. Carolina should have won the national title. Pac-12 was that way a couple of years ago when Oregon State made it, USC, UCLA. So we'll see. There's always one conference every year that people are down on and they end up doing well yeah. in the tournament. Maybe it's the Big Ten this year. Uh, before we jump to tonight's card, I, I want to follow up there with some of these conference tournaments. So I was taking a look at all, all the auto bids from last year, your, your winners. And the, the ones where I, I don't have the odds in front of me, but my guess would be that you could find some value with these smaller tournaments, the smaller conferences, the ones that are going to be starting this week. Mm-hmm. Not so much in the Patriot League because a lot of times you, you get the, the heavy favorite dominates the regular season. They win that. But if we're looking last year in the Sun Belt, George State still had 10 losses on the year, 18 and 10. And they, they end up winning that uh, conference tournament. Wright State had 13 regular season losses before they went on uh in the SWAC it was Texas Southern they were 18 and 12 18 and 12 so maybe it's a one-off but um do you have a stance on these smaller conference tournaments are these the ones that are you know we could talk about the Big Ten being wide open and I I'd agree with that and some of these other conferences but should we be focused more on these small-time conferences because these are the ones where a, a team comes out of nowhere and these are the teams that are going to be uh, beaten up as a 15 or 16 seed. 
I think you absolutely do for two reasons, Joe. I think, A, the value, which you alluded to, but B, in these mid-major conferences, these smaller conferences that are one-bid leagues, you know everybody's Mm -hmm. trying. I mean, coaches talk about it all the time, like in these Power 5, Power 6 leagues. You want to win your conference tournament, but people aren't going all out. Every team's not going to go all out for it. They could be resting guys. They... You know, it's just, it's not, March Madness is obviously the priority for a bunch of these teams, whereas a team like Hofstra, who's 16-2 and in the Colonial Athletic, a team like Oral Roberts, who's 18-0 and in the Summit League, they have to win their conference tournaments. And a team like Oral Roberts is going to be crazy, like minus 450, probably, maybe even higher. So I do think there's some value. The league that jumps out to me is Conference USA because there are three teams at the top of that league that are really good. FAU right now, I'm seeing them projected as like a nine seed, and they they may already be good. They might have already done enough possibly to get in, but those two other teams, North Texas and UAB, North Texas has had a good program here the last couple years. They beat Purdue in the first round a couple years ago, but UAB, you might remember the name Jelly Walker. He's the point guard for that team. They can play. Andy Kennedy is the coach there. He coached at Ole Miss. K.J. Buffins an Ole Miss transfer. If you're looking for value, Joe O, UAB at a Conference USA is the team that I'm going to take. I like them a lot. They played Houston in the first round last year, which was just a terrible matchup for them. But they got a ton of talent, and Jelly Walker is the kind of guy, you just give him the ball, and in March he, he, can, he can carry you all the way. It's tough. We, we have this conversation every year. Um, do you want the better teams, the teams that truly have a chance at getting out of the first weekend because of what they've accomplished? Or if you're those conferences, those mid-majors, do you want to put yourself on the map over the next week to week and a half and, and get those primetime spots for these auto-bid uh, tournaments? Like, what do you want? And, and then the team that wins is likely, likely to be bounced, even though we do see the Cinderella stories every single year. It's tough. I, I do feel for those teams that run through too. the regular season and they just get picked off. I know. It's tough. It's tough. And it's, yeah. it's really the one downside of college basketball. Because like you said, I mean, you want to reward teams for going through the gauntlet of the regular season. And I guess they are in some way because they get the number one seed and they get the quote-unquote, easiest path to try and win their conference tournament. But it's tough. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, teams know what they sign up for, right? Like when you go to those leagues, when you play for those teams, you know that your whole season is about that conference championship week. And it does make it exciting. It makes it for good drama. And at the end of the day, Joe O, like you look at the brackets now and you look at the projected teams and it's all the one seeds right now in those conference tournaments. And each year I feel like I look up and I say, man, that one seed got picked off in the Big South. Man, that's, that one seed got picked off in the Horizon League. And at the end of the day, those teams that were maybe fifth in their league are still competitive in March. So it does stink, but you still, you still really get some solid teams in the tournament. Uh, let's jump to tonight. I am not one to sign up and take a big 12 road favorite, (laughs) but, um, Kate mentioned this one and I agree. I'm having a tough time making a case 
for Okie State, even though they're going to be that desperate team. They're, they're on the bubble. Now, Baylor has not played great on the road, but Okie State is playing some poor ball right now. And um, they turn the ball over a ton. They're outside the top 300 in the, in the nation at that. And they don't hit their threes. And on the other side, you've got the Bears with one of the top offenses in the nation. Laying a point, point and a half, I, I'm willing to jump on that, even though it's a Big 12 road game, which, which hasn't cashed a ton this year. I think this is the perfect live betting game because Oklahoma State has lost four in a row. They're struggling. So you figure that if they get out to like a double-digit lead, Baylor's making a run. It's just Baylor. what it is, right? You know they're going to make a run. And at the same breath, you know, Baylor, I think if they get out to a lead, Oklahoma State being at home, the Big 12 Conference being what it is. I mean, there have been so many games this year where home teams in the Big 12, even road teams, have made runs in these games. So I don't want to touch it right now at Baylor minus one and a half or touch any side on the money line. I say bet it in game, get some value, and that's the way I attack it. Because I think the game's coming right down to the wire. So if you can get like a plus eight and a half, nine and a half on either side, that's how I'd bet it. Do you think we have a good handle on uh, on whether or not, but you know, both of these teams? Let's throw them both out there, even though the resumes would suggest that they're different. It feels like Iowa State is much safer than West Virginia. Oh, yeah. even though Kempom rankings have West Virginia higher, uh, but as far as the resume, Iowa State is safer. Even though Iowa State's now lost seven of nine, like, yeah. are, are both of these teams good? West Virginia needs some work to do. Iowa State, I do think they're good. I mean, there are wins. They've beaten Kansas. They've beaten Baylor. They've beaten Texas. And they're, the teams they've beaten at home is too hard to ignore. But West Virginia, they, they need some help, Joe-O. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. a win tonight w- would go a big way. Iowa State's good. West Virginia needs some help. I don't know what to do in this game. Iowa State first half used to be cash. And these past couple games, it just has not been that way. So, Probably a stay away for me. If I had to make a pick, I would lean West Virginia just because Iowa State's been struggling so much. But, uh, yeah, th- this, is, yeah. Uh, this is a stay away game for me. I mean, for the Cyclones to be favored by four and a half the way they're playing right now, that scares me way too much. I, I would lean that way, but then I'm like, oh, boy, four and a half, this is too much. And, and the reason I have a tough time backing West Virginia is they have one true road win since Thanksgiving. One, I know it's a gauntlet, and it's every night what you're dealing with with that conference. But come on, you've got to show me more. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. It's tough. We're gonna take a quick time out here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Rule changes in baseball right now are all the conversation. We're gonna talk about the pitch clock and its impact on the betting landscape next here on BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network. <laughs> 